Check this out. And this comes from. <laughs> oh, God. Here we go again. I know L is not going to like this one at all, but this is Tales oh, from the this is Tales from the Weird Side, my guy. So right. your DMs. No, this. Well, somebody did send me the article, but anyway, Tales you, boy, from the you Weird got too Side. Many white okay. friends. No, it was. See, that's why you. <laughs> <laughs> Leave them white folks alone. I'm telling you, so boy. listen, man, listen. I'm, I'm trying to tell you, listen. A man spent mm-hmm. two years mm-hmm. nutting out of his butt. Two you years. should have took the screen on this one. I mean, this <laughs> one should have been where you removed me completely. That's, that's what I, I should have removed okay, you. Okay, 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 okay. All right, hold on, whoa. Whoa. Where the fuck is security? Whoa, whoa, let me let me whoa, shut the whoa, fuck up. Let whoa. me finish and then you see, answer. This is what happens. No. the wife is away too long. Listen, for two weeks. This is what happens. This is what happens. This is what Let's strange porn hub links show up in this DM. Zoom, zoom call with you. Shut bro. up. Let me finish. Ah, uh, so this dude spent. Two Hold on, years. you want us to let you finish telling us about a guy who for two years <laughs> listen, met it in his own butt? I mean, listen, this is what listen, you want us to do. Listen, so he All spent right. two years with this condition before he went to look for help, right? So, in what's called a study titled "A Curious Case of Rectile Ejaculation," published last month in the Center for Disease and Medical Science, a team from the University of Texas Medical Branch had a patient who sought out treatment after five days of pain in his balls and two years of a substantial amount of semen shooting from his rectum. The 33-year-old man went in to, for a CT scan of his pelvis and doctors saw that he had what is called a rectal prostate fistula, a rare condition where the body develops a hole that connects the rectum with lower urinary tract and creates all kinds of problems, so on and so forth. Now, fistulas are like these usually are caused by trauma, chronic urinary tract, infection, all this type of stuff, right? So apparently this dude had this, developed this after trauma when he had a PCP and cocaine overdose, and they had to give him a catheter. Catheter. catheter, Whoever gave him the catheter didn't do that shit properly. And that's yeah, what and who knows? It could have been a small rip with the catheter, and over yeah, time, exactly, it got bigger. Yeah, yeah, and I've actually heard of of people getting scratched and tears from catheters before. It's not as uncommon as we may it's think it thinks. is. No bullshit. And that's so, one of the reasons yeah, why but, they do it's a long training process. If you are allowed yeah. to do that at home, it's not even something like so. The training process it? for that is longer than phlebotomists. Are like, you serious? You actually. Oh yeah, is just think of the damage that you you. Yeah. Oh, was this remedy? Was this remedied? 
Yeah, so his doctors were able to patch the hole with a surgery, and he made Oof. a full recovery. Although it's super rare complications to catheters, the researchers wrote that in their cases not only highlights a rare complication of catheters, but use also emphasizes the importance of provider mind influence. Excuse me, mindfulness when utilizing seemingly benign therapies like catheter. It makes you look at catheter technology as a whole. I mean, so you for two yeah. years, nigga. That's, that's the question I was waiting for you to ask. Having it come out of literally out <laughs> of your ass for now, two years. The only like thing, for the two only years. Now, the, Did it come only, out like diarrhea? See, that's like, the, only, the only thing I can. I when you can, wiped, you couldn't tell. Like this is clear shit. <laughs> the only, the only thing I can presume is that it happened. Are you killing me? The only, the only thing I can presume why it took so long is because it happened probably very infrequent. And so infrequently that, <laughs> that, that he thought that they thought that I don't even know how to take that. What? You know what I mean? I mean, like maybe like once every what five months. Or he's you know gay. And... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm trying to be devil's advocate here. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you know, you know, you know, you know how we as men get about our conditions. We figure that okay, oh. it happened one, it happened one time. You know, yeah, maybe it was a freak thing. Oh, it okay. Maybe twice. That's just Charlie. He left a little something but, back there for but, me. But now, after five, after five times, two years though. After five times, oh. I gotta see a doctor. No, after three times, after two times, I'm seeing a doctor. Bro, after the <laughs> first time, I wipe my ass <laughs> and some clear <laughs> shit comes out. I'm calling nine one one, two one one, CNN. <laughs> And everybody, yo, what is this clear shit it's that's coming out Like, yo. But you know the worst part is. Doc McStuffins? I'm calling all of you. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey. She gonna be like, I can't help you. <laughs> I'm a cartoon, nigga. I can't help you. Bro, like, I, I don't care. I got clear shit coming out my ass. Like, hey, Doc. Doc McStuffins, nigga. No, but he's... It, but it took him five days of excruciating pains in his balls before he finally went to the doctor. Only to find I was like, oh, that I've been ignoring that shit for the past two years, Yo. whatever, nigga. So, so was it Bro, so was it every so time true. that he is crazy. Was, so when every time he did he have sex over this two years period of time? So every time and he didn't he didn't ejaculate from his penis through the back door. Yep. And that the girl didn't know, up. like bruh. That would fuck my head up. Like, why is it so dry when you're done? I don't understand. Fuck my whole head up. <laughs> like, like I would, I would be very troubled. <laughs> like, bro, why are you very, thinking? I would be very troubled, son. I would be very troubled. Could you imagine that shit? I, I would be so disturbed. I would be so visibly disturbed. Dog, and would, nothing I'll comes be, out. It's like I would just be beefing with people like, for no reason. Fuck? I'll be smacking niggas for no reason. I Come on, man. Listen, I think after the first time, nothing came out. Like you shooting dust. Like, 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 like I don't, I don't I know what, like, what excuse I would come up with at that point. Like, oh, maybe I'm just, you know, like Doc. Smoking. I know I was getting in, but why is smoke coming out? I, I mean, <laughs> why, do I, do, do I need more electrolytes? I, I know I was you putting know in words. You know, she was excited, but do I need more fluids? God, I mean, damn, damn. Only air came out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this is clear shit coming on my ass. I don't know. <laughs> I dusted, off, I, way, I dusted her off when I nutted. Yeah, right. <laughs> Damn. 
Yes, <laughs> welcome. And he never bro. knew, like in your draws, bro. Nigga, shut up! Like, right and so oh, instead oh, of having man. shit stains, he had oh, cum stains in his drawers. Oh, I don't, man. I don't understand. Like, uh, but wait a minute, bro. bro you don't understand though. There are two bodily functions occurring. Oh, ah. Yes, that gives a new meaning to wet dreams. I tell you right there, boy. The mixture is horrendous. Well, he was never constipated, I know that, because that shit slid right out of there, didn't Whoa. <laughs> I, I really should have reconsidered telling yeah, this. No, no need for comments. No, that shit to no need for KOP Ah, Who needs Rolaids? I mean, shit. I mean, hey, <laughs> just roll it right out. He got all the Rolaids he need. Mm. So I guess oh. he doesn't have kids either, but his draws does because clearly gives <laughs> new meaning to depends out there. I tell you, yeah. mm. <laughs> yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What's up? What's up? What is uh, up? You don't need latex boxes. the damn intro. Welcome to the It's a Black Podcast. In case you weren't aware, this is a podcast dedicated to mm. covering the current events and social issues going on in your black world. Covering it all from the perspective of three grown ass men who know when to go to the fucking doctor. I am your host, Nico. In the black himself, but I could never do this alone. Let me introduce the rest of my medical board. Crush, say what's man. up, man. Yeah, good evening, patience. Dr. Henry in the house. I'm here to heal. <laughs> I am here to heal. Man, go, get up, your, man? Go, go get your prostate checked out, fellas. I mean, yeah, you might be yeah. leaking. Go to uh, get, your, get your vaccines. Get your, yeah. get your prostate. You guys are fucking relentless. If you're checking this out on YouTube, make yeah. sure you hit that thumbs up button. It goes a long way. Helps go through the YouTube algorithm. Make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss out on the next video. See, you guys got me fucking crying from laughing so fucking hard. <laughs> He brings the story, and we're we're responsible. Yes, you are responsible. Hit the subscribe button as well, so that you don't miss out on the next video. But if you want to become part of the family, L, please tell these folks how they can become part of the family. Man, dude. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> I got some words. Oh, uh, hey man, head on over to our website, man. I'm not going to mention what I was going to mention. Head on over to our website, www.intheblackpodcast.com right hand corner collect the become family tab there's some dope ass swag that we can do right there this is swag typically for dudes who don't have come coming out their ass by the way uh so <laughs> and, god that came out so horrible i mean the gay the gay community is going to come down on us rather hard right there because i mean i can go so many other places Man, yeah, he sure would. If he was uh, he, he would have made a lot. Hey, of listen, money. man, that's an OnlyFans account right there. Hey, by the way, <laughs> you can get dope ass swag, man. We got tons of good stuff there. Also, more importantly, we're really asking and soliciting you guys' support. There's two ways that you really can take part in making this platform grow bigger. Uh, one is to become a Patreon. Being a Patreon, you get a lot of the behind-the-scenes shit, you know, things that we talk about pre-show that we record and cut out because YouTube would kick us off if they knew we were talking about shit like we were talking about. So, you can get that type stuff. But also, if you just want to donate, dollar sign in the black PDCST via cash app. Anything you guys want to give and throw our way to get us to be bigger, we ask that you support independent black media, unlike Roland Martin. 
Yes. <laughs> what Elgin said. <laughs> do, 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 do. Now, <clears throat> our black box letter, and we can go oh, through gosh. this relatively quickly, but I think that it is something that I got this letter and it moved me emotionally. And I wanted to make sure, even if we don't necessarily have a full-blown conversation about it, that I would be doing this dude a disservice if we at least didn't read his letter. Okay. Um, tonight's black box letter comes from Ty. And Ty says, how do you help someone that doesn't want to be helped? I listened to your recent episode about Michael K. Williams and no cap. It had me feeling some sort of way afterwards. I have a dad uh, that's been in and out of my life for a long time as a kid because he would always get hemmed up from possession or petty crime. I just had my first child almost three years ago now. And even though the mother and I aren't together, I'm there all the time just so I don't become, um, become him and be the dad that he was to me. At the beginning of this year, he came home and got a chance to see his grandson for the first time. I told him I didn't want him to know the man that I knew. I want him to know someone different. We had a long conversation and thought he saw, and I thought he saw the light and was going to get help, but that ended up not being it. He's back to drinking and using again, even though he's on parole right now. I don't know what to do. Besides him going back in, I don't want my son to grow up and not knowing his granddad. I didn't know none of mine. They all died either before I was born or shortly afterwards. I know that you've discussed showing grace and understanding the physical things that people go through during addiction, and I'm trying to understand it. I'm struggling right now. I just wanted to say thank you for having the conversation and sharing your experiences. It helps me not, it's helping me not to give up, at least not yet anyway. Mm -hmm. Keep doing what you're doing, Ty. So this is one of the things that I sometimes, and I would keep it all the way funky with you. Sometimes I want to throw this whole motherfucking podcast in the trash. True. But it's letters like this, conversations like this, that let me know that we're reaching some people and that we're doing some sort of service. Indeed. Um, Indeed. Like I said, I don't want us to go over the top with the conversation, but I thought it would be I, once again, I thought we'd be doing a disservice to Ty and to our listeners not to share his letter because he took the time to write it. And I know he had to, there's a piece of himself that he had to give up to even oh, write absolutely. that letter to us. So um, any comments, anything you guys want to say? Um, I mean, first of all, I just want to you know, thank Ty for reaching out and for sharing. Um, you know, really appreciate that. And I'm sorry if, uh, you know, that uh, you've had to deal with uh this particular situation in your family. It's um, not one I'm not unfamiliar with and uh, not the situations I've witnessed outside of my family and in, inside my own as well. Um, it can be very difficult to try to find um, those levels of empathy um, when you, you know, when you look back on all the experiences you've shared with these, you know, with that person or those people, um, it can be hard to, uh, you know, reconcile, you know, the past with the present, and uh, try to move forward if, if that person, if the other party is not willing to make that first step. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I, I guess the hardest thing to do, in a sense, is to, uh, to a certain extent, just let go. Um, there's a certain point when, at least I've learned, where compassion can, should have its limits. Um, compassion, I find, is the easiest thing that humanity can take for granted. And um, it's a precious thing to have. And it's one of the deepest expressions of love. 
Um, but it's also very delicate. Um, so I don't know between the need to let go for the sake of your children and the peace in your, and having peace in your home, um, and peace of mind for yourself versus, uh, just, you know, of course the compulsory need to help a parent, um, to help, you know, a loved one. Um, it, it can be very difficult. You know, I can't, you know, I'm not gonna make the call for you. No one can, you know, but you know, it's, I know it's, it, it's a, it's a hard call to make. <clears throat> oh, uh, Ty, let me be honest with you, bro. Uh, first, I want to say it is not your responsibility or job to help those who are battling addiction. I know that is part of our natural conditioning to want to be able to help out our family specifically who are battling addiction. But I think the key that we, that part of that wanting to help out is there's a level of um, selfishness might be a strong word, but I'm going to use it. There's a level of selfishness there that we want them to be better for us. Right. And so a lot of times we find ourselves frustrated and angry because they're not doing what we think they should do, whether that's accurate or not, what we think they should do so they can be better for us. And I think that's part of one of the many difficulties with dealing with people who are battling addiction is because of the secondary effects of familiar addiction. Like they say that when you have a close family member that is an addict, the other people in the household are essentially addicts also, because you're dealing with addict-like behaviors, denial, anger, mood swings, all the things that come with addiction. So I say my advice to you would be Stop trying to figure out how to help him or her. Try to get a better understanding of addiction. And that's not to be disparaging or to insult you to say that you lack that. But what I found, though, my own experience with the more information and the more knowledge that I got about how addiction works, the better I was able to be gracious and to be compassionate. Because then I realized that it wasn't a, a, a full-blown choice for these people to be addicts. Like, no kid ever decides, says, one day I'm going to grow up to be an addict. But every addict wakes up in the morning wishing they were a kid again. So I think when we get to the point where we begin to have a better understanding, it makes those moments of anger and frustration that we have with our family members easier to combat. I'm not going to say it goes away because it doesn't. Both of my parents were addicts and they've been dead for a number of years, but I still have moments of anger from their addiction. I just think a better understanding would help you to be more compassionate and for someone whose parents were an addict, I would have introduced my kids to my addict parents, right? I would have done that. Why? Because I would want them to see my parents. Like I would want to see for them to see. And also 
that can spark something in an addict to attempt to fight harder to take a chance of going to rehab and do that. You never know what may be the opportunity, what may be the thing. And I just think I would want them to see the realness of my parents. And this is me. I know others may not share that because some people don't want their their kids around people who are addicts with alcoholism. I dig it. But that would be something that I would want for my parents to get a chance to see my kids and also for hopefully the relationship that they would have would help my parents battle and fight the war of addiction harder than if they didn't have them in their life. I really don't have too much to say, to be quite honest with you. I'm in the same spot that Ty is in, in most cases, to be very frank. Um, it's something that I've been attempting to come to grips with. Um, I don't want to say necessarily that I've pushed back with what you have to say, just a difference in perspective when it comes to that that viewpoint that we want them to change because of how it affects us. And I think, but I think that in any relationship, any relationship we have, we are in that relationship because of how it affects us, how we, how that person, whoever that person may be, makes us feel. And it's through our love and our, I guess, our conditioning and our consistency in that relationship that builds us to the point where we give of ourselves in spite of how that person may not always be consistent in how they make us feel. So I think I don't think it's a bad thing that he wants his dad to change for oh, his well-being. No, no, no. But at the same time, it's like, I dig it. Like I said, Ty, I, I dig it. I'm where you are. And, and I think that, and that's I think at some point in time I would another one of those conversations to have a broader, deeper conversation with. Because I think a lot of the reasons why we have the animosity and the frustration and the anger with family and friends who are battling addiction is because of the effect it has on us that prevents us from helping them in the battle that they fight. Like even some of the language we use when we talk about people who are like, you know, when it comes to talking about suicide, we don't, we don't say that anymore. Like you don't say people committed suicide. You, you know, you say something different that gives that puts what they're battling in a different context. And in that context, it helps sparks a different emotion. So that's why I'm really careful when I say, instead of saying addicts, or drug addict, I'll say battling addiction because I don't feel like it's one of those things that people just fully give themselves over to. That's based off of, yeah, I think it becomes different because I think addicts in many ways, using that phrase and that term, can't just stop. Like it's, it's not a physical, biological possibility for them to just stop but in the family members and with the way we love our people that's what we want right yeah. we we want them to just be able to stop we, we want them to be and when they can't stop that anger and that frustration comes and i think more understanding and more knowledge about how it works i think that would help in those instances it won't remove it to be honest with you but it'll help mitigate some of those feelings
No doubt. Like I said, I didn't want us to have too broad of a conversation about it. I thought that it was very commendable that he reached out and opened himself up to us. We just wanted to take the opportunity to love up on you, Ty, because we know that it's... Shout out to Ty. And Ty, if you want to have a... Ever want to have a deeper conversation about it, man? Uh, You can see me on social media anywhere, bro. At Elgin Bailey. Resources, conversation, venting, whatever you need. Reach out, bro. No no doubt. No doubt. All right. Who wants to go ahead and start it off uh, tonight, man? We can go with... Let's talk about... uh, Go ahead. What, what no, let's talk about the what 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 the fucking U.S. is doing to our uh, Haitian brothers and sisters. Go ahead, Crush. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's undeniable, and uh, definitely uh, hits home here. Um, you know, the news has been uh, well, it's the news is is, is uh, where you know there are many people on social media who are trying their best to keep this uh this particular news item in the spotlight. Um, where there's footage of uh of a. Uh, Border Patrol officers using whips on Haitian uh, immigrants trying to uh, seek asylum um, at the border. Um, And uh, I saw another article in relation to this um, that is indicative of, uh, of, but it is clearly a much larger immigration problem for the U.S. um, Because apparently um, the impression that the Biden administration gave to the world upon winning the election um, was that the policies of the of the prior of the prior administration would, would be dismantled or otherwise overturned, and this impression apparently got down the ground um, in Haiti, and a number of uh, Haitian people who are even don't even live in Haiti, uh, people who have lives in Chile, Brazil, and Panama, um, literally left um, their lives there to try to migrate to America, either to start new lives or to rejoin families that they had stationed there. Only to find um, that when they uh, would get there, um, they would be deported back to Haiti. Some of these people have never been to Haiti their entire lives. Of course, they were introduced to their culture by their parents who happened to migrate to Chile, Panama, and Brazil, but they've never been there. But that's but they're suddenly dropped off in Haiti. Um, situations where people are re- are, re- are suddenly reuniting with with siblings they've never met. Um, and uh, and, fam- and and parents who thought they who thought they had moved on to a whole different lives are suddenly being dropped off at the doorstep by the hundreds of thousands, as you know more and more you know more and more uh, Haitian people seek, uh, seek asylum in America. Um, of course, the uh, the shock and awe is, uh, is, is 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 profound and wide. They had no idea that you know that this would be happening to them. They had no idea that uh, they don't know why they haven't been speaking according. You know, they many of them said they uh, they never even spoke to immigration officers, an immigration agent. Uh, they believe they've been tricked, and uh, they were some said they were being released or sent to Florida, but were suddenly show up, you're off the plane in Port-au-Prince. So, this is clearly a compounding problem. Um, I don't know. I, I, uh, I am a, I'm, a, I'm beyond, uh, beyond rage at this point. I mean, the, uh, I don't know if the word is disappointment for the Biden administration. I'm more concerned with the people of Haiti and what needs to be done for them. I don't think, uh, you know, anything can be uh, counted on from this administration. But I would definitely like. Yeah, I would definitely love to hear what you, uh, what my brothers think here about this rather, um, this rather uh, avalanche of a situation. 
women and children just being dumped off in Haiti. I think, um, first off, seeing the the video of the white men, the white federal law enforcement agents using the horse's reins to whip black people was enough to send me into a state of rage. Then to further see and to read and hear about the stories and the ways that the United States government have been treating our people is disgusting. It is absolutely infuriating. And see, this is this is part of this, and I mean, there's so many different layers to this, right? Yeah. Uh, I know for many people, this is their first introduction to Haiti, like what is taking place with Haiti. Oh, yeah. Like they have no idea about 1804. They have no idea about, you know, Haiti kicking motherfuckers ass during slavery. Like they, they, they don't have any context of all that Haiti has endured for years the oppressive nature that they have endured via United States imperialism. Like they have no idea of that. So when they see this, their immediate thought process is on a singular, smaller level. Like this is a singular incident. Like it, it reminds me of when white people act like they were beginning to wake up about police brutality when they saw George Floyd. But black folks been telling motherfuckers for generations, nah, this is what cops do. Same thing with Haiti. Like, Haiti has been crying out for generations, generations saying, and the fucked up part about this, this is how shysty politics is, man. So, Biden and these motherfuckers run on a platform making statements about immigration. You know, how they were going to be looser on it and it wasn't going to be as oppressive. And then Harris gets up and tells motherfuckers, starts telling motherfuckers, she keep them up, stay out, keep out. And she's literally saying those words. Now, all of a sudden, she's, oh my God, I'm heartbroken and I'm anguished because of this is going on. But all the while, Haiti has been suffering motherfucking earthquakes. You know, they didn't had all these atrocities taking place and suffering. And the United States has been denying any sort of assistance to them in the capacity to allow Haitian people to do what? Govern a motherfucking selves. So for the longest time, now all of a sudden, black folks in America are beginning to wake up and getting a glimpse of how United States imperialism actually works. Like, this shit is insidious, man, to see these folks are people being mistreated in this type of fashion. And before I toss it, oh, I want to say for the people who are equating what our Haitian brothers and sisters are going through with how the United States are treating some Afghans, don't make that fucking equation. Don't try to 
use that as a way of saying, oh my God, look how they treat them compared to us. Like it's some sort of racial color thing. Now, the motherfucking Afghans who were on that plane also were suffering underneath the United States imperialism. If you're going to use that type of analogy, you got to also put it in this proper context. Remember, Afghans were dealing with this for 20 years, a 20 year war. So we're not even going to talk about the trillions of dollars and the lives that were lost. So it's a little bit different you're forgetting that it started yeah, during the 70s and shit too. exactly but so anyway, you gotta go be ahead, careful right. be, be, be careful before we try to draw those distinctions and try to turn it into something else and we ended up you know isolating potential afghan allies who are battling the same type of thing that we're doing no the enemy in this particular instance is the united states based off of how we have been treating other countries our foreign politics is trash like and i'm glad black folks are beginning to say hold on time out why why is haiti going through all this why why hold on a haiti did what they mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. so people are beginning to wake up of the, the atrocities like this is unbelievable so what should happen elgin let the motherfuckers in let the motherfuckers in and then dip out of their country and allow them to form and develop the government that they want. And I'm not saying completely, you know, without any outside assistance, because I don't think right. that's feasible. Right. I think we sh- they should be able to dictate what type of... I heard this thing today, man, that blew me away. Over 60% of the aid that Haiti receives is through nonprofits. Oh, perfect. And the reason why that is significant is, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just a fact, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I think it's fascinating to realize how corporations have used, essentially, in many instances, tax write-offs to begin to help these folks out in Haiti and not actually getting the type of government aid and assistance that these folks need. Like, they just had what they had what a hurricane and then a back then an earthquake or was it an earthquake and then another earthquake it was like back to back hey, right earthquake earthquake then a hurricane and then an assassination of the president like yeah, assassination you almost forgot about that that has United States fingerprints all over but we won't talk about that so it's it's just fascinating how this country is are treating black folks man I think this is incredibly anti-black. Come on, Mr. Clean, because you got to clean this shit up. Like, I just called the United States imperialists like four or five times on this show. You two don't put this shit I know, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I think we have to take a step back and realize that this is business as usual for the United States. Um, a lot of people, and don't, don't, don't get it twisted. I, I'm someone that likes Barack Obama. I won't necessarily say I'm a a full-throated supporter of Barack Obama, but I, I like him. As a as a black man that had to do work, I can understand that. A, any black man in America can recognize the struggle that another black man has, okay? So Barack was black. That's but... First. but a lot of people won't attribute do you okay, let me let me take a step back. The towards the end of Barack Obama's presidency. Illegal immigration, I use the term illegal immigration, whatever that falls under for you. Illegal immigration into the United States 
was at a net negative. So at the end of his presidency and a little bit into uh, Orange 45's presidency, immigration was at a net negative. What does that mean? Net negative meaning that there were more people, illegal immigrants, leaving America than were coming in. Hmm. That's what it means. That's one. But tell tell people what that means. The were they getting why, kicked out of America or were they voluntarily leaving so and going back there's to their two country? There's twofold. St- some studies say that the majority of those numbers were voluntarily left. Do I believe that? I can't say. But another part of it, a huge part of it, was that Obama was deporting... Sm- <laughs> He was literally known as the deporter-in-chief during his presidency, the deporter-in-chief. He's deported more people than George Bush, Bill Clinton, and more people than Orange 45 has. So I want you to keep that in mind. As it pertains to... as You said what now? But you like him. I I said I I like him as a person. You can't say that you don't... I like you and you're a trash ass motherfucker to me all the time. So what the yeah, hell? I can't uh, like it. to you, but the, the rest of the society, I'm really nice to. I, mean, I take my neighbor's trash cans out every Tuesday. I mean, she loves me. Hold up. How old is your Apple neighbor? Apple pie. <laughs> She's 70 something, man. Exactly. This nigga, you see this shit? I take care of the elderly. That's what Jesus said. I mean, I'm just, listen, man. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so now I say that because a lot of people want to gloss over that. They want to yeah. gloss over because we know what policy says, right? We know what policy says, but we also recognize what culture is. And culture yep. eats policy every single day of the week. Yeah. Culture will eat policy every single day of the week. And this is what I and mean it does. Yep. We know in police departments, they say policy, police department policy, our department policies that every police officer should have a body cam on themselves and turn on at the beginning of every incident. We know that that's policy. Mm-hmm. But culture tells these people how to evade doing those things in a just manner. So you have folks turning on, uh, what do you call it? Turning on, uh, what's, what's Katie, Katie Perry, one of these damn singers playing, and the playing music, that shit so that they can't out. record your video. Or turning yeah. their bodies in such a way that they're not recording it. So they're following the policy, but culture's already proven to you that they don't give a fuck about, uh, about policy. And that's where we fall under here. We know what the voice of the Biden administration has been over the past however many months that they've been in office. We know the noise that people like Biden and Harris made during uh, Orange 45's presidency about immigration. Yep. Well, here we are. They ran now. on that. But here yeah. we are now, how many months later, and we see how effective policy is. I'll throw one more thing into it. One of the things that has gotten me the most riled up is not necessarily that we don't understand that policy and culture are at a conflict, but the double talk that's been going on as the administration has been trying to explain away what's been happening at the border. We had the president's press secretary, the White House press secretary, Jen Psaki, come out and talk about Oh, well, what I saw was atrocious. I don't think there's anything that justifies that, but I don't have context. Where else have we heard that before? 
when, when you black see these bodies videos are bleeding of black on the people getting True. shot and killed, and they'll tell you, "Oh, we don't know what happened before the video started recording." Yeah, what's the I don't know what context what happened it. And then when she was pressed, she said, "Yeah, I don't think that there is anything that justifies that or any context where that would be good, but I don't have details need, or context." I need more information. Further the I need more information. I need more information. I need more information. Yeah. And here we are. Now I'll tell you this. I whips. am, I am at. As an immigrant, and as the son of immigrants, I recognize what it takes. In terms of emo, the emotional baggage, and fortitude that it takes to come to a country, a new country, where you, mm-hmm. in many cases, don't have any money in your pocket only the clothes on your back, and in a lot of situations, don't speak the language. Yeah. But I honestly think that this is being done because it's not necessarily because of Haiti. I think they're taking full advantage because it's Haitians, but I don't think it's being done because it's Haiti. And this is what I mean by that. The way, uh, as Crush has already described it, many of these Haitians are coming through the Mexican border. They're ending up in Texas. How many times have we seen them? They don't, Haitians typically don't show up in El Paso or in Louisiana. They show up in Florida because that's the closest thing to them. The DR is right there. But they're talking about these immigrants that have come into South America, traveled from South America, and are now coming through the Texas border. And that has been one of the biggest things that has followed Biden and Orange 45 since the presidencies have transferred over is what the United States is doing to stop illegal immigration from the southern border. So now here we are, them trying to show that they're not soft on the border and it happens to be black people so they have free reign or feel like they have free reign to do whatever the fuck they want. Hence the horses and the whips that are being shown in these videos. I don't know. You think it's happenstance that it just so happens that it was Haitians, no, that if this would have been another group that they would have responded this way? No, no, no. And that's what that's what I mean. I'm saying that I think that we still would have had an issue with them forcing immigrants out. I think that they're taking that because they see these black bodies, it's it's amped up. That's what I mean. I hope I didn't uh, mess up in what I in trying to describe that. And then when I say happenstance, not necessarily happenstance, but circumstances at this point is usually brown folks. You know, I mean, how many how many times do you think of a Haitian crossing the southern border illegally? But, do you get what I'm saying? I'm, this, is, this is not necessarily pushback because I see no, no, your no, point. I don't nec- no, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I see with the point that you're making. But I think the overall number of our Haitian brothers and sisters kind of would lead you to believe and think that this was specifically I won't say planned because I, I don't have proof for that, but it, it also goes to your point that because they were black and the idea and ideology that those the American government, particularly those people at the border, hold, it gave them carte blanche to treat us in the capacity they did. I I, 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 I won't argue and say that that's not it. Uh, so so I, I see your point. Yeah, I dig it. But I I think what is 
difficult to grasp is see this is without going down this long rabbit hole i struggle when it comes to black politicians because i think yeah, to me jim clyburn this, this, right this, this this is a black issue right this to me this this would be a black issue as a black politician if i'm watching this as a black politician i'm up in arms i'm angry i'm looking to find solutions so if i'm the congressional black caucus uh listen I'm, i just told you jim Clyburn's the, the, goofy ass has been silent you know, I, I, this is, this, that's where my struggle is man that's what my he, struggle he is with all this put so much effort to stop nina turner from being able to win that seat you're not seeing that same type of energy right now he has been no. dead what is what is your favorite saying you can hear a rat piss on cotton Dude, right cotton. now from this bullshit yeah. come on my guy come sure. on so that's that's what this what makes it so difficult to align or reinforces the notion to me that when you get into politics all your other identities are pushed to the back burner and sometimes they no longer exist it's just about you of adhering to your position and party lines like this is this is a major humanitarian issue because you're not sending these folks back to a country that has a stable government a, a viable infrastructure you're sending this back to a country that is broken that is in despair that is crime ridden gangs everywhere people are trying to survive and trying to get back after multiple atrocities natural and unnatural but you're just kicking them out on some and then the first thing that Bones was running with was you know this is one of the things that they use to get yeah, Trump those emotions to, to rally like, people up. This I think is part what they of the news, bro. I, I don't understand I, it, it. What what irks my nerve at this point is really that I think after the president of Haiti was assassinated in July, July seventh or 9th, I think. Right. Yeah, it was first week. They they put him. They put a uh, moratorium for immigration and for Haitians in place to allow them to come in. And I think they understood that there was going to be some destabilization because of the government, so on and so forth. And but that was that was set to expire at the end of the month of July mm -hmm. of the end of the yeah at the end of July they immediately had like how many like you said how many natural disasters afterwards i would think that that type of consideration that you would prolong the moratorium after i mean that's just my but again thing. when we think about moratoriums we see that dumb motherfuckers don't get too much don't mean shit to yeah i dig don't it. mean they don't it doesn't you know, poor lives, poor black and brown lives are not high on the protective list when it comes to dealing with certain things. And this is what we're seeing, whether it be the COVID-19 relief, whether it be the eviction moratorium, whether it be what took place in Afghanistan, Haiti, Cuba. When it comes to poor black and brown folks, it's not a whole lot of love for us, but we continue to find ways to give love to people who really have consistently shown us that they don't give a fuck. And I'm just like, where's the outcry from our organizers against these people that you have been campaigning? Like you went to war to get these folks in office. Where's old boy down in Florida, the, 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 the pastor that he, we're not silent. Where, where's all the people, that, <laughs> the squad, this man, listen, 
No, these no, motherfuckers you know what? And I, I know L's gonna L's gonna say that I'm capping for them, but if you, I've, oh, I've been trying to. to do, I mean, he's, no, he's gonna bring up some trash ass bill that they probably knew they went your past. No, but no, anyway, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm always one to try and be as accurate as possible. Okay. All right. During the call that, right, we call that caping. Go ahead, but that's I, what I know. I know you're gonna say I'm caping, but mm-hmm. at the same time, there have been members of the squad recently, not even just the squad, but just progressive progressive politicians recently that uh that have spoken out about what's going on in haiti now how far that's going to go is a totally different thing okay are they actually proposing bills are they actually trying to put boots on the ground to make this change are they proposing how come aoc is not at the you know she's not at the borders giving her fake (laughs) emmy ass cry for the haitians i mean how, how come I, I don't know. I, I just think it's it's all drama and bullshit. <laughs> she's she's like, she's taking back that dress that uh that she wore at the <laughs> at the Met Gala. That's that's what she's doing. And your girl, your we girl Harris. We ain't never going to get anybody on this show the way we do this. Anyway, okay, let's let's go ahead and wrap Pearls and Chuck. Speaking speaking of these motherfuckers right here, your favorite power couple in America. I'm not talking about Jay Z and Beyonce, by the way. I'm talking about Biden and Harris. You know, another one of the things that uh, article came out this week from a number number of outlets talking about Biden's proposed bills, whether it be the infrastructure bill, all these different things, and how some of Biden's promises don't look like they're going to be coming to fruition shocked so hbc hbcu advocates are urging congress to, to make sure that Biden, that's hilarious to me you know congress is well, anyway urging congress to put pressure on your favorite president i'm sorry your second favorite president uh to give mo- the money that he promised hbcus so in his you know another one of those things that he ran on he promised HBCUs a total of $55 billion. However, House Democrats are only setting aside how much? $2 billion. Yeah. But again, listen, I... I am not one to want to look and say, I told you so. Uh, but motherfucker, I told you so. Uh, every this, Again, in fairness, this is not just me looking and nitpicking for things against this administration. Yeah, it is. No, because I did the same thing with Obama. I did the same thing with Trump. I mean, these... <laughs> It ain't. It ain't just, just politics. Period. We we we, um, we understand. Yeah, that. Agree. I'm going to run one day. Don't even worry about it. Uh, but the promises. <laughs> yeah, I, I am. Don't worry. I, I'm I'm going to I'm going to run for something. Uh, just so I can get in, just so I can get in there and just stick my middle say, finger up, my shoes, my Tim's up on the I, counter. Say you was worried. I am. I am scared about worried. that. Say you was worried. And say, and say <laughs> fuck all y'all. Uh, I am scared about that. But go ahead, man. But I think it just is is disconcerting when I see politicians run on promises, and black folks are the ones who have gotten their hopes up on these promises, and the, we're the ones who knocked on doors, 
We're the ones who made the calls. We're the ones who gave the money. We're the ones who have this weird love affair with the Democratic Party to the point where we just oftentimes overlook and gatekeep for some of the bullshit when we think about the, the, the stimulus check situation. The gatekeeping is the worst part. It is the worst part. Gate, it, the stimulus check, 2000 to 1400 uh, And we, we could just run down a list of things that he's been able to backtrack on, but we are in a position where it was just like, we still hold on to the idea of, man, we had to get Trump out of office. Like, we had, had to get Trump out. And I dig it. And to a degree, I absolutely agree we had to get him out of office. But have we formulated a plan on what we're going to do <laughs> the next three? Because if we don't get this shit together the next three, guess who's going to be back? Uh, the orange motherfucker going to be back. So, and right now, their credibility, Harris's credibility is is not can you even put Harris in that terrible. can you even put Harris in that argument because Harris has literally been dog silent. Yeah, she, she's been she, silent. She's been I mean, nowhere. Her, that's been her, that's her been the argument. That's been the argument. In the toilet. No, well, not even just that, but that's been the argument as of recently outside like that whole incident with the immigration and the border crossing. Because I think sure, maybe a sure. couple of a couple of months before that, she was like, you know, these are atrocious things. We should let folks in. And I think like. A few weeks after that is when she's like, she went to what was it, El Salvador, or she went to the board and was like, "Nah, I don't, don't come over here." Ever since and she then, was emphatic. I mean, this is. I agree. Then you have, but ever she's since then, quiet. you have not seen her, and I think that that's been intentional by the White House just to keep her out of the eye of one of those. What would be the reason to keep her out of the eye? I think that she has trying been, to keep her clean. Just, so when no, 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 not even that. I'm, and this is me putting my pundit hat on. I could be completely incorrect, but I think that they use Harris as a cudgel over Biden's head. They use it to say he's already senile. He's got all these mm. issues. He's just a placeholder for Harris, and you don't mm. want to continue to hear Harris's name while this nigga's trying to run for president or while this nigga's trying to be president. So she's been completely Man. out of the limelight because she, this, she better forget. start speaking up. Well, that's a whole other argument whether she wants to speak up or not. But we—that's yeah. that, something else. No, 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 no. But, I think she should. She got to begin saying something because if not, the Dems are going to continue to lose ground. Like I'm, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, yeah, and yeah. this is this is not hyperbole or exaggeration. I'm beginning to see lifelong Democrats. And, and this is short because you know the election is not that old. Niggas that just voted for him this past election, like are beginning to question. Like I mm, think the doubts, the doubt is out there. The doubts yeah, are out yeah. there. Oh, so they're scared. They're scared. They're already for, scared. Uh, they're scared for twenty twenty two already. The midterms. They know what's. And I think they should be. But I think that that's also outside. Even if they were doing the right things, let's just. And I don't want to go too far off on the. Oh, I would agree. Means, I would agree. Yes, I even if they were doing like this, for them to always concerned. be uneasy about their place with the community because it yeah. keeps them on their toes and forces them to do what they've petitioned or what they've run on doing. So that's 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 one thing. Um, this whole infrastructure bill, as it stands, has been a whole fucking big ass mess from like beginning to end. Let's start with the fact that it was supposed to be seven trillion dollars that they wanted to spend. That that's what Bernie Sanders had proposed, and all they had to do, to be honest with you, all they had to do, they were doing this seven trillion under reconciliation, which means they needed a simple majority 
to pass. That means all 50 Dems in the Senate and Kamala Harris, and it would have passed, $7 trillion. But of course, people beat down the progressive wing, Bernie Sanders, that said, you're crazy, you can't spend that type of money. Bernie was like, ah, uh, all right, motherfuckers, all right, I'll do 3.5. But these are the things, if I'm going to take it down to 3.5, this is the shit that I want. And all of these things you're talking about, universal pre-K, you're talking about prescription drug benefits, you're talking about uh, free college, excuse me, free tuition for uh, university go. colleges, mm -hmm. uh, a permanent child tax credit. All of these things are currently in the bill now. Currently in the bill now. Not and now all of a sudden it's it's stalled. That's not even to talk about the monies that we're, we're and we're talking about like what three billion that's supposed to be going to uh, these public colleges or whatever. Yeah. That's not even to talk about the money that they promised to HBCUs. This yeah. whole thing has been a complete uh, clusterfuck. And I don't know, you know, we have this debate all the time about how we're going to hold, hold, accountable. People, account hold people accountable. And I've been thinking about that a lot, man. I think honestly, we it has to be done from a local level all politics is local and people don't typically see outside of their sphere of influence until every two possibly two or every four years well make, right? it, make that plain make that plain how would we how could we and, and again this is a conversation we've had multiple times how do we currently hold a sitting president accountable for a sitting president and vice president accountable for their misdoings and get them to change and do the right thing. The only thing that, and I, I honestly, a sitting president now, I don't understand how you, no, 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 I, I, I dig it. I dig it. Uh, the mm -hmm. only thing that we can do because we, and I, and I know you don't like this, but I think it's the only barometer that we have as a gauge. We see other communities effectively push these narratives. Okay. And how do they do that? They do that by leveraging their voter lists and their money. I don't know that black people collectively have the same resources to do that effectively, but I think that's the only gauge or the only way that we could actually work it. Because these voter lists, this is one of the reasons why Stacey Abrams' whole movement was so effective. Because oh, they agree. know yeah. that Stacey Abrams had a list of literally hundreds of millions of people that she could easily pass on to the Democratic National Convention or ne National Party and say, hey, these niggas are Democrats. They're willing to vote for you. They're willing to give you money because that's what you really want. That's what you need. But what are you going to mm -hmm. give to us, right? And it's like, okay, we'll tell them the right things. But then when you get in office, hold up. We had Carlos Enriquez on the show, the former um, homeboy sure. Carlos from in Boston. And he tells sure. you how when you get in office and they grind you down. You're like, damn, nigga, I mean, it's like I'm trying to do the right thing. And then the machine just chewed them up and spit them out. So, I, like I said, I don't know how effectively we do that without leveraging our votes and money. And I think, honestly, not only combining those two, but being extremely pinpoint accurate in our strategy of how we leverage it is the only way we're going to get out of this. Because we see this in other communities happen, and they, we, don't, we don't hear the type of uh, outcry that we have for black folks. And I, I support that and agree, uh, but two things. I think black gatekeepers, for one, are the biggest obstacle for that very thing. I'll give you that. And, I'll give you that. And are, because of their allegiance and support to, to the, the Democratic, Democratic Party, Party I think that. in the conversation that we have, 
when you see the pundits on TV, they lack a class analysis. They don't talk about the distinction between so-called middle class and upper middle class black folks and poor black folks. Like poor black folks are not running and aligning themselves to parties. Like we're aligning ourselves to, you know, actual tangible needs and concerns, but we're blocked all the time. Progressive black folks are consistently blocked by older civil rights generation, often middle class, upper middle class black folks who have had generations of relationships with Democratic Party. So I think even when we had this conversation, oh, I agree, but I don't think that will ever happen because of the stronghold of the Democratic Party and the gatekeepers. The gatekeepers. I I'm telling you, I we don't talk it. about gatekeepers enough. Dumb no, 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 no. Because I, I think right. one of the things, and I, I, as you can probably tell, I'm not a big fan of Jim Clyburn. But he's nice recently track. been one, like you heard, what was her name? Um, God, our, our girl that was that slept on the steps of the Capitol. Um, <laughs> Corey. Uh, Corey. 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 Hey, Corey. 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 Hey, Corey. How you doing, girl? So I know that she made a lot of remarks about the old guard, so to speak. And Clyburn mm -hmm. made some comments and said, well, you know, he understands what it's like because of when he grew up and blah, 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 blah. And I'm thinking to myself, you've literally been a representative almost as long as I've been alive. Yeah. When is the last time that you could actually relate your current struggle to the struggle of mm. folks that are currently going through it right now? I don't think you can. You're like, you're almost three to four decades removed from the struggle. So when someone is telling you, this is what it's like on the streets now, this is what we're going through. And then you try and placate them or patronize them with, oh, well, I, under I understand because, you know, I grew the up masters in the of segregation and blah, blah, blah. Uh, masters in the words of, of a great <laughs> Glenn Ford, the black misleadership class is trash, bro. That's exactly what they've done. They've all, they've misled us. <clears throat> and it's, it's insidious. Oh, I, I think the thing that I agree with O, but then there's the pushback within me too. Like O believes that if we would, you know, vet some young folks up and get them in the right direction, to a degree, I don't want to mischaracterize your argument. But I, 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 my contention is always the same, man. Once they get in, like Carlo said, like we see Corey Bush, man, they they get grinded up in that machine, man, and you just begin to lose some of your radicality because. That machine is just insidious, man. I, I don't know. I, I wish I had hope for this, man, but I, I don't have no hope for politics man, at I, all. Dude, I told bro. you, man, I try not to be as pessimistic. I mean, I try not to be pessimistic about it because after that, like, what else do you fucking have? But go ahead, Crush. Bro, no, I, 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 always, I always remember that, that scene from, was it Godfather of Harlem? Where they described what it was like to go into, uh, go into political office with all those good intentions and ideals. On your mm -hmm. first day, on your first day, they serve up a the first day they come in the room smiling and serve up a big bowl of steaming hot fresh shit. And, and I think say, that's one of the they, things. And they, and they tell you first thing, eat up. Yeah. Stay yeah. As much as we talk eat about up. or don't talk about Adam Clayton Powell enough. What Adam Clayton Powell did for the Civil Rights Act of 1964 was phenomenal. Adam Clayton Powell, I mean, 
it's whatever you want to say about him, but what he did to make that to help push that bill doesn't get talked about enough. And he was one of the last who was able to keep that connection to his district, his people, Harlem, while still maintaining. You just and I don't. I think the the machine is different now. I think the machine is oh, yeah, just yeah, way yeah. more powerful. There's way more money than what he was facing. I just the machine. And that's one reason why I won't get involved with it. Because like, yo, you get involved with it, man, you end up losing yourself. Yeah, the machine has become extremely corporate at this point, and you can see that once again with this damn infrastructure bill. They got the three point five billion trillion dollar uh reconciliation bill and then they got the 1.5 bipartisan yeah. bill that essentially gives money to the corporate like it has none of what i mentioned to you before in it because they don't give a- anyway bro the george floyd bill is is still is stalled still, any still type sitting. of police yeah. still, sitting, still sitting. sitting any type of police reform yeah, is, is nonsense the conversations is dead yeah I, yeah yeah All right. Right about now is the time when we'd like to give you little tidbits of news or words of wisdom that you can take with yourself into the week. So, Crush, what is up? Well, you know, surely uh, you've already heard about this uh, rather ridiculous situation amongst our uh, hip-hop celebrities. Some select celebrities are choosing to take an anti-vax stance and uh, have suddenly somehow manifested uh, medical degrees alongside their platinum plaques without us knowing. Um, but I have to shout out um, the Trinidad and Tobago's uh, Minister of Health, uh, Terrence uh, Dinasing, who um, I apologize as a Guyanese Jamaican man that you had to do this by getting on television to dismiss Nicki Minaj's rather ridiculous claims that um, the vaccine caused her cousin's friend's balls to swell up. <laughs> the fact that we had to even have this fucking conversation just says a lot. But the fact that the fact that my that you know my minister of health had to get up there and and, and hang on television and declare this, Jesus. You and know, he, um, if you this, saw the press conference, it was crazy, my guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I, you know, it was, you know, my my family was um was definitely very amused, and uh, you know, but the but the diaspora as a whole. Is pretty much you know facepalming this entire situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it just it just goes to show you know the uh, the uh, the the hazards of celebrity in in the hands of the uneducated. Because um, while talented, unfortunately, um, my elite is filled with rich, stupid motherfuckers, and that mm-hmm. goes for Buster Rhymes too. Yeah. No- and cool kid. Wow. Did you, did you say that about Buster? I will call them you're, all you're, out. You're, you're, I will you're, call you're, them all out. I'll say even Pete Rock. I'm sorry. And he chilled out. Pete Rock chilled out too. Yeah, he, he did. Out. Chilled I, all I, out. I think, I think somebody got in his ear. He I think somebody out. got in his ear. Yeah, his wife. Hopefully. Tell yeah, you. Right. Behind yeah. every Yo, dumb you know black man should be a smart black woman. There's got to be someone smart in the household. got to be somebody. If not, you got dumbass kids also. Uh, <clears throat> yo, you, you heard that? Shut the <laughs> he always disrespected somebody. So that you know that goes for the same thing for what's the old boy's name? God, he plays for the Warriors right now. He got traded from Minnesota. Uh his nickname is Air Canada. God damn it. 
Mm. Wow. Uh, shit, you don't. Yeah, because apparently he said he refuses to get vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, what is his name? From Minnesota to the yeah, Wizards? Yeah, there's, yeah, there's, he, little, there's a little detail yeah. that these, these rich motherfuckers don't want to tell you. That they're, that they're going out there sucking up all the uh, monoclonal antibody treatments. Because they can afford that shit. Mm, 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 mm. What is this nigga's name? I, I, I'm going to end up chopping it down, but I got to find it. Even though it's just a treatment, not a cure. Mm. You know? But you know what? It's kind of crazy, too, man. As an athlete, if you're not getting vaccinated it's costing motherfuckers their jobs like he's probably he's probably waiting to get the uh the 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 Cam, Cam is still uh up the 300k is still on the sidelines somewhere at the crib with funny ass hats on so um <laughs> the same cam Nigga, this, is why I hate you. this is why i hate your goofy ass so much now what is this dude's name andrew wiggins thank you good grief Andrew Wiggins. He still plays for the still plays for Minnesota. Nah, no, he dude, are you crazy? He played for the damn Warriors this whole past season. Oh, I'm sorry, the war you said the Wizards earlier. I thought my bad. If I said that, I always yeah, I meant the Warriors. No, he plays for the, he plays for the Warriors and it's costing him. Absolutely. Because he cannot play. They said you know in San Francisco, that's one of the few places, one of the, one of the many cities, yeah. I should say, that before you can enter the arena, you have to show proof of vaccination. And he's like, I'm and not that was one of the genius things from Adam Silver when he did that, when he said, no, I'm not going to put a vaccine mandate on it. Yeah, I'm going to let no, these I don't have to. I'll let these cities take care let of it. These cities do these cities. Do. Yeah. And let me add that the most common argument. The game checks that he would lose for not playing. Half of the season, he's not going to get paid because he can't play. Half of the season. No. The, the, and the the kicker is that these guys who will you, know, you give them the most the most basic of arguments. Have you spoken to your doctor? And 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 now the thing is, now you want to trust these doctors? Now you want to trust nigga? You went to that doctor when you were thirteen. <laughs> you don't trust them now. You don't trust them now. You just dropped. You just dropped the kids. You just dropped your kids off of that doctor three months ago before they went to school <laughs> for the same shit. And now the you don't trust them. School. Right, now you don't trust them. And I don't trust the doctor that you're paying medical insurance for. You put his name on the provider on the provider on on Aetna.com. You typed it in. Yeah. Now, now you don't trust him. Yeah. Some of the arguments just are fucking over the top. Die. Then. Oh, what's up? I just want everybody to pay attention to what is still taking place over in Palestine, Israel. Keep an eye on this Iron Dome situation that is taking place over there uh there's actually supposed to be a vote taking place rather quickly <laughs> where the united states is going to be giving israel <laughs> one billion dollars to build their no, iron I think, dome i think your folks have stepped $1 in billion dollars i think they've been using it as a leverage point i don't know if the money's ultimately not going to get to them but i know progressive democrats have said we're not voting for giving this money oh, to these sorry. folks. Uh, the bill passed by a vote of 420 to 9. Today? Yep. The bill passed by a vote of 420 to 9 with only AOC and Republican Representative Hank Johnson voting present. <laughs> it's all falling apart. Who, 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 who voted against it? Doesn't say who, which representatives voted against it. Uh, one Republican and six Democrats, including Progressive Squad, voted no. Mm -hmm. uh, Tlaib, 
uh, you know, to use your I like Ilhan Omar to leave. I know that they, they were on top, but they weren't going to vote for that They better. Shit. Yeah. yeah they, weren't, they weren't going to vote for that shit. Or 420 to 9, bro. We're giving these motherfuckers more money. Anyway, I, I don't, yeah, listen. Yeah, I mean, they're, obsessed, they're, for me they're for obsessed the night, obsession bro. with their, that fairy tale is fascinating. Yeah. I love I love when O talks about Israel too, boy, because he he can't sit on the fence with that shit right there, boy. <laughs> Ooh, you, can't. you know that should chaps my ass. Man. All right, my word for this week, man, is there were seven years ago there was a CEO by the name of Dan Price, whose company is called Gravity Payments. It's a credit card processing. Company. Okay. I think I follow Dan on 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 Twitter. On the Twitter, he's he's actually it looks like white Jesus. Yes, on the Twitter, he's on the Twitter. Yeah. On But his name is Dan Price, CEO of Gravity Payments. Uh, he was a startup at the time, and he said yep. that he was going to give his 130 some odd employees. He's going to raise the minimum wage of all of his 130 some odd employees to 70 grand per year and did it 70 grand per year he took a huge well i mean it's not like it's a i mean he took a huge pay cut start to make sure to make sure that every single person got at least 70 grand at the time folks were like this nigga's company is going to fail he's going to be nope. a, he's a socialist all of this other like every single bad thing that they could call the dude they said about the dude here we are 7 years later and the company's profits have tripled tripled they've every every single person that's in that every single person in that company i think they said that the the number of first time home buyers in the company has increased like 30% like it's nuts yeah cuz guess what when you have debt free employees they're pretty happy they're pretty ha- they have the their, their, <laughs> actual, actual, it's funny. Well, you food on the table, food. you're pretty happy. Imagine when that, exactly. We can actually that. eat without getting another, without doing fucking Uber or something. It's, it's a good thing. They said Imagine that you pay off your student loan in a year. I mean, the employee, they said the employee retention at the company is two times higher, almost two times higher, higher than any other company. Than the national yeah. average than the national yeah. average for any company. All because he decided to actually like bet on his employees and say, okay, you know, I'm a, let you niggas live or stand he, on oh, his principles. Well, shit is expensive yeah. still. True, Listen. but but the returns. I mean, clearly the commitment that it those guys they inspired, that they inspired in those people. He, I mean, because they, they're like, like I'm put like I put it like this. I mean, you gonna give me seventy grand? I'm gonna give you seventy grand to work. Yeah, no bullshit. You know what what I'm, I'm gonna get it right back. I'm gonna get my head. Like, hey, thanks, my G. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna yeah, bust my yeah, ass yeah, to yeah. prove that I'm worth that seventy grand. And he's, like said, he's been very vocal about it. Very vocal about what he's done, and he's taken a ton of fire yeah, and yeah, flack. Yeah. But but again, I applaud him for standing on his principles. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. that is not capitalism. He said that you know a lot of economists <laughs> were like, "This company's not going to be around in the next four yeah. years." Yeah. He said yeah. now his the business is a is an actual Harvard case study for how to actually yeah. make this shit work across mm-hmm. the board. Now, I don't want our listeners to get excited and think that other motherfuckers are going to start to be going do this oh, shit. Man, because... no. Oh, man, they're going to come. They don't, they don't come up with like 200 reasons why they can't. Your job ain't doing it. Your job yeah. is going to keep giving you $15 an hour thinking that first you're getting thing, above minimum wage. So, first uh, they're going to pull your attendance regular. Like, you weren't even here last week. I'm going to give you two cents. You want to raise. You take extra 15 minutes to your lunch break. You want to raise. Fuck you mean? Raise these nuts. 
Yeah. Now, where can people find you if they want to find you, man? Goddamn. Hey, shout out to all my favorite Democratic folks out there. You know, uh, hey, let's go. Uh, <laughs> all you black gatekeepers, you so black bastards, black misleadership <laughs> class assholes. I said, I said where can uh, they find you? I didn't say. Oh, that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> At Elgin Bailey on the Twitters and Facebook. Uh, on the Twitters. <laughs> I said tell because we ain't gonna find you. Said, All right, let me let me blast everybody I can blast real quick before we start. I read the article too about the Iron Dome and they showed your girl AOC was crying. She was crying. She had tears, real tears. So I, I guess that's something that she perfects where she cries like that. Uh I'm sorry. Go ahead. Where can they find you at oh? <laughs> Crush, where can they find you? <laughs> Man, y'all can find me on Instagram at SP Methods or the Orange Crush with a K. I hate you, both of I wish you could see it too. She really is dabbing the chair. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm Big O. You can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at mm-hmm. MR underscore in the black. Poor and thing. thank you once again for joining us for another incredible episode of the In the Black podcast. You could have been anywhere else, but you chose to kick with us, and we appreciate it. Make sure you follow us across social media at In the Black PDCST on Facebook, Twitter, and on Instagram. Make sure you come over and check us out on our Patreon. You will not regret it. But as always, until next time, informed, intelligent, in the black. In the black. Peace. Peace.